0: is Sports Radio Network news update.
1: In the NFL, the Houston Chronicle is reporting that the Seahawks and Eagles have been in trade talks for unsigned franchise player DeDevion Clowney. The Dolphins are the front runners as of right now according to the paper, but the Texans have reached out to two of his preferred teams. We'll wait to see how this plays out. The season just around the corner. Another holdout Redskins president Bruce Allen said holdout left tackle Trent Williams will quote play football and it will be with quote us. So we'll see whether Trent Williams suits up for the Redskins this year or not. And in Major League Baseball, A's third baseman Matt Chapman is not in the athletic starting lineup on thursday afternoon against the royals that's because of a bit of fogginess in his head he left the game on wednesday night after taking a pitch to the helmet he is not in concussion protocol but says he's quote a little blurry the kansas city royals are shutting down starter Brad keller will not make another start this year they're citing arm fatigue as a factor i'm dan strapper and this has been your fantasy sports radio network news update
0: stay tuned to the fantasy sports radio network for more updates at the top of every hour
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time
0: to play full-time fantasy. Play. full-time play.
2: fantasy. This full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every weekday, you can listen to the show live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If not, you can check it out on demand. Just search Full-Time Fantasy under podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll be notified whenever new episodes are uploaded. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And catch all my analysis at FullTimeFantasy.com. Have an article up looking at the preseason stock watch player's On the rise and declining, including a sleeper running back that is probably on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues if you already did your drafts. He's obviously moving up draft boards and people are starting to draft him now. But remember, a lot of people did drafts in May, June, July, early August. And the waiver wire doesn't open up until next week. So that's what you should be doing right now. I know people still have a lot of drafts to do this week and the next week, but... Or you're going to have to start to look at your waiver wire next week. And if you didn't draft a kicker or defense, if you play in a league like that, make sure you don't forget. Put these reminders down because you're going to have to go to the waiver wire. I know in a league I did not draft a, a kicker or a defense, so I have to make sure I drop someone and pick them up. And you might have drafted Lamar Miller, Andrew Luck, Deonta Foreman, and those guys are done. So you can go cut them and pick someone up off the waiver wire. So don't forget that. Make sure you have to have a system that's best for you. I kind of write down all my leagues on a piece of paper and put when waivers runs. I know a lot of people use their phones now and the calendars. I just like to have that one piece of paper in front of me. So just do what's best for you. But just remember, we can go to the waiver wire next week. So I'll have an article on the waiver wire early next week. You could also catch a lot of my work at si.com slash fantasy. I'll have a stock watch article up there. Debates I had on Nick Chubb, Kyler Murray, Andrew Luck, which obviously is moot now because we were talking about Andrew Luck before he retired, which came out of left field. But uh, tons of articles up there as well as fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. I have updated rankings. I update them daily. So whatever the date says, don't worry. I update them daily. I don't think I made any changes today. Obviously, we have the preseason tonight, uh, the final games, and we will not get any significant starters playing so there shouldn't be major movement you know we'll see guys battling for roster spots and all that but nothing significant to take away I think it's just to keep an eye on players that maybe look good and have an opportunity at some point this year to do something if there's an injury in front of them so that's what you want to keep an eye out for tonight but there shouldn't be any major changes Uh, as I said as I draft and I make decisions Uh, Because I always have my rankings in front of me when I draft and I just cross off the name. So if I see I make a decision or I might notice something, then I'll move the players accordingly. So they'll be updated so you can check that out. Of course, our preseason pro where you get a sleeper, bust, bounce back, breakout, and a stash of cash from everyone on the staff as well as several high stakes players who put big money up. So this is really important to check out. We also have... The Fantasy Football World Player Rankings being revealed, number 26 to 30, is now posted on the site. And you can see what the formula is reading the article. Uh, we still have some Fantasy Baseball articles looking at the waiver wire each week and closer depth chart and bullpen updates. And if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forum. So, i have been getting a lot of questions on draft analysis, waiver wire pickups. So, whatever it is that you have you can go ask them on the message boards in the forums. A really great place to go to get specific questions if you need to go in-depth. There's no character limits there. If you want to take me on, you think you can beat me and take me down in fantasy, you listen, you hear my thoughts, you think you're better, well, here's your opportunity. Saturday night, August 31st, the online championship beat Adam Ronis League at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. So hop on in there. And take me on. Uh, I will be doing one in Vegas as well. But that one sold out. Sold out months ago. Uh, But I will be at the Palms next week for the Fantasy Football World Championship. So if you are out there. uh, We haven't met before. Come say what's up. I know I've met a lot of the people out there. We hang out. Have fun. Watch football Thursday night. Watch football all day Sunday. So just come say what's up. And we have several drafts tonight. Got to start our full season draft at 7 p.m. Eastern. A starter best ball draft. At 8 p.m. Eastern, a starter full season draft at 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, an online championship at 10 p.m. Eastern. The one at 9 p.m. is sold out. There's another one at 10 p.m. Eastern, and a starter best ball draft at 11 p.m. Eastern. So, lots of opportunities to draft tonight, at different price points, different times. And, again, we will have drafts every single day up until right before the start of the season. So, the last opportunity to draft with us is Saturday, September 7th. So... Head on over and check it out as soon as you can. Uh, let's take a look at some of the news going on right now. Uh, Redskins left tackle Trent Williams, who's obviously holding out, said there's zero chance he'll report for week one. So uh, he told that to D'Angelo Hall, who used to play for the Redskins. And Redskins general manager Bruce Allen said that Williams will play for the team this year. So it's a matter of who blanks. Obviously, a lot of teams could use Trent Williams, but he doesn't want to play for the Redskins. So we'll see what happens there. Also, some kicker news. I know we don't talk about kickers much, but if you already did your draft, it uh, looks like Matt Bryant is going to work out for the Falcons. And, and uh, he was released by the team in February. No one signed him. And uh, the Falcons have Giorgio Tavecchio and Blair Walsh on the roster, but both have really struggled here in the preseason. So wouldn't be a shock to see Matt Bryant there so. Uh, I know I did draft Tavecchio in one league, so I might have to cut him. So make sure you check that out. Uh, You know We've heard nothing but positive things here on Leonard Fournette so far in the preseason. And I have yet to draft Fournette. He's always been a guy that I've had. Uh, Right now, he's going generally in the third round. We have seen him move up a little bit to the second round. His ADP right now is 23, actually. So he's the RB12. That's about where I have him ranked. I just haven't been able to get him yet. Uh, But he's been moving up. So he is a guy that has risen. Now, he has disappointed, but we know he's going to get huge volume in this offense. They've shown it here in that last preseason game. We know he can catch the football, and we're looking for volume in our running back. So Fournette talked about his offseason where he's improved his diet, cut out some bad influences. He said he's in a happy place right now and 100% better. So he's definitely going to get the workload. We kind of have him burned before, and we've seen the injuries. But if you can get him in round three, if you start to do wide receivers, it's not a bad start to your draft, but he is moving up draft boards. We'll take a look and see where did Leonard Fournette go in the beat Dr. Oda draft last night. We'll talk about it next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here, it is Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern, I'll be joined by Blake Sullivan from the Hot Take Pod, part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Don't forget, check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONIS50 get your first two months for the price of one. Get my updated rankings for all your drafts this weekend. And uh, we have Phil from Kentucky on the line. Phil, what's going on? All right, well, it looks like we don't have Phil. All right. I was looking at some of the picks from yesterday's draft and talked about Leonard Fournette, and he actually slipped in this one. He went as the RB15 at 310 in this draft. So you see how the board changes rather quickly. And Fournette, as I said, the ADP right now is 23 as he has been moving up. In drafts, sometimes going in the second round, but not in this one. And that's why you just have to be prepared. You know, everyone kind of asks and says, Oh, I have this pick. Who do I take here? Um, what should I do with this guy? And you just don't know because you probably thought, based on the ADP and recent draft trends, that you would have seen Fournette go late, second, early, third. That wasn't the case here, as there was a run of six wide receivers to open round three. So, uh, There were a few surprises early on. We actually saw Ezekiel Elliott go third, which is something that we haven't been seeing lately because, remember, Ezekiel Elliott is still not reported yet. Uh, His ADP is five right now based on the last ten drafts. So he's gone as early as three and as late as eight. So still don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, a lot of people are optimistic, but you got to be careful when you read these reports. I know there was a report that came out today saying that Maybe he doesn't return for six games, but it was speculation. There was no reporting done there. So, we went over this yesterday when it came to Melvin Gordon when a, t- a guy that covers the team said it was a hunch. So, you got to be really careful with all that stuff because a lot of times it's just people's opinions and they're speculating. So, just be very careful when you see these headlines. Make sure that you click on it and, you know, read it first because – we live in a world now where it's all about the headline and they want to generate clicks. So just make sure that you read these reports first to make sure that it really is the truth and it's not an exaggeration. So, you know, Zeke is a very tough call right now. And I think if he's not signed by this weekend, you know, the the thing is probably to, to pass on him. Now, the thing is... You have a pretty good shot of getting Tony Pollard. You might have to draft a little bit earlier. And you're going to have to take you know some of these running backs a little bit earlier to protect. And there are some good running backs that you can get in those range. So you don't automatically have to cross Zeke off the board. I mean, I would not have taken him at three. I mean, he went ahead of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Christian McCaffrey went fourth in this draft. So I've seen McCaffrey go one in a lot of drafts. I've taken McCaffrey one. So that's a, that's the latest I've seen McCaffrey go this year in this format is four, and we've seen him go one many times. So there really is no consensus number one this year. It's really Barkley and McCaffrey. I haven't seen I have seen Kamara go one, not in in any of our leagues. I don't think uh, he goes two here, but generally it's those players in some different order. I think you would have seen Zeke go one in some leagues if he was. On the team. You probably would have seen it. Because all those guys are very close right now. But the Zeke team. Did not get Pollard. They could have. And they probably should have done it. When you look at the Zeke team here. They had the third pick. In round eight. They took Baker Mayfield. Instead of taking Tony Pollard. And the team on the turn at one took Pollard. I think that was a mistake. It would have been their fifth running back. So. Maybe the roster construction didn't work, but maybe you shouldn't have went as heavy on the running backs early on. And they probably did that because in the back of your mind, you know, I might not have Elliott for week one. I might not have Elliot for a few weeks. So the idea is if you do take Zeke early, you're going to have to try and get Tony Pollard because Pollard, the way the Cowboys used him in the preseason – He's going to be a three-down back or play the majority of the snaps with the first team. They've been very high on him, and I thought they would. You know, Pollard was a guy that I was taking in drafts in July. You know, we did the Scott Fishball, and I took Tony Pollard here late, and that was. I think Zeke didn't even. I don't think even we had the holdout announcement back then. I can't remember. It was early July, but I just felt looking at that team, and it was. The last few rounds of the draft, I felt Pollard would be the backup. And some people didn't think that. But based on the preseason, he's going to be the guy. So Elliott was a surprise at three. and McCaffrey goes four. Hopkins, five. David Johnson, six. Adam seven. Tyreek Hill, eight. As Doc took him there as the third receiver off the board. And I have no problem with it. I've always said that when you look at those wide receivers, they're so close between Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Beckham, and Juju. I think you can make a case for any order of those players. I really do. We know that Tyreek Hill has huge upside. He's not going to get the volume that those other receivers get, but he's going to make it up with explosive plays and long touchdowns, as we saw in that Chiefs offense. Julio Jones, we know that there's a very high four for him. We've never seen... That huge touchdown season from Julio Jones, though, like the 13, 14 touchdown season. I mean, we barely see the double-digit seasons from him, which has been disappointing because we know how good this guy is. But you know you're going to get tremendous numbers from Julio Jones as long as he stays healthy. And, you know, he has. He's played uh, 16 games three of the last four years. I know he kind of gets banged up at times, and we see him on the injury report, but He plays. He had 113 catches last year and 170 targets, 1,677 yards, and eight touchdowns. That's the thing. He's had what season of double digit touchdowns in his career? That was in his second year. He had 10. He did have eight last year, though, which is better. It's just weird with Julio Jones how he just doesn't get the touchdowns. Because I think if, if he was like a consistent 10 touchdown guy or at least got there, he'd probably be the number one easily. But it's the lack of touchdowns that has been a consistent pattern for him. But you know that he's very, very safe as long as he's healthy. Then afterwards, you got Michael Thomas, who just has a huge floor because what you like about the Saints is it's a narrow tree of the distribution of targets. It's a lot of Michael Thomas. It's a lot of Alvin Kamara. Yes, they have Trey Kwan Smith, who has ability, but he's not going to get a huge target share. Now, Jared Cook is there now, and we'll see where he enters that mix, but you know Michael Thomas just has a huge, huge floor every week, and you know, some people, it depends on your mentality or the way you draft, some people want a higher ceiling, but some people in the first two rounds like that high floor, and Thomas definitely provides it for you. Uh, He has yet to reach double-digit touchdowns in his three-year career, but he's at at nine in two of those three years. Last year, a career high, 125 receptions, so he had a catch percentage of 85% last year, and a lot of that is because Drew Brees... A lot of precise short passes. Remember, Breeze's completion percentage has been around 74%. uh, But Thomas certainly with a very, very high floor. I mean, it's going to be difficult to see that catch percentage at 85%. Again, his career mark is 77%, but certainly a high floor. And Odell Beckham has a huge, huge ceiling. You know, now playing with Baker Mayfield, I guess the one concern with Beckham is We haven't really seen him much here in the preseason, so and he he wasn't there at OTAs either. So he hasn't really worked too much with Baker Mayfield, and you always want to see that chemistry develop as much as you can early on. But let's not forget, like Beckham, his first three years in the league, double-digit touchdowns every year, at least 1,305 receiving yards. Now, yes, the last two years have not been great. He got injured in 2017, and last year, I don't think he was hurt. He probably gave up. But he goes from Eli Manning, who's been really inaccurate, to Baker Mayfield. And if you saw a lot of the throws that Eli Manning made to Beckham, a lot of them were uncatchable. So you know there's a huge ceiling there. And of course, Juju's misused to getting a huge target share with no Antonio Brown. So all those receivers are so close. And it's really difficult to rank on a given day. I mean, I I definitely have that problem. And I would would like to get a piece of all of them. But a lot of them... uh, Beckham certainly has the ability to finish as the wide receiver one, as does Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll talk more about this draft when we return in full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is full time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Roman is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Coming up at 3 40 p.m. Eastern, Blake Sullivan from the Hot Take Pod, part of the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. And again, you can find all fulltimefantasy.com. We got our preseason pro picks. Mine are up there. My updated rankings. Fantasy football preseason stockwatch. watch. Uh, breakout wide receiver. Uh, tight end. Lots of, lots of articles there in the draft, kid. So, in case you've been behind and you're trying to catch up, now is the time to join us. Use the promo code ROUNDIS50 to get your first two months for the price of one. Do you want two risk-free free ragers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, Points Bets also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet San Diego State minus three and they beat Hawaii by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's PointsBet.com GRID. Enter promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Take a look at this online championship from last night. Kind of seeing the trends, players who are moving up, moving down. Uh, and you see in this, the running backs moving up a little bit at the end of the first early second. So, you know, in this draft, we only saw three receivers going round one. And in others, I've seen six or seven. So that's why you have to be prepared And that's a difference here. I feel like the back half of the first round this year is so different in every draft. It it really is. So, here we see, as I said, Tyreek Hill go 8. Then Le'Veon Bell, 9. James Conner, 10. Nick Chubb, 11. Travis Kelsey, 12. So, we really don't see Kelsey go that early in this format. Conner is a guy that I saw last week going as the RB 13 towards the end of round 2. And I didn't understand it. So connor has been a guy where there's been a pretty big disparity recently. I think he's more of a late first-round pick. Now, his ADP is 16. He's gone as early as 8, late as 23. That draft that I saw last week, I couldn't believe it. I was like, James Connor at 23? That's an absolute steal. I mean, look, he's going to be in a very good offense. I still think this offense is very good, even with Brown gone. We saw it last year. And... He's going to be a three down back. I know there's been talk about Jalen Samuels being more involved in the offense, and he might. He might play the slot a little bit, but I don't think it's significant enough that it's going to hurt Connor. I just don't. So, really like taking him there. Nick Chubb is a guy I understand. There's trepidation for some because Kareem Hunt is going to come back after his eight game suspension. And yes, he's going to get touches, but I still think taking Chubb at the end of round one is fine. And I did it. In uh, that GST league, I started uh, with Chubb at 12, so I I think he's fine there. We saw Mixon go at 13, uh, and that pushed Julio Jones to 14, Michael Thomas to 15. Of course, Dalvin Cook, who is rising, he went 16, and that drops Beckham and Juju to the 9 and 8 teams. Man, (laughs) starting a draft of Bonte Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think that's going to happen much. So that's why you got to be prepared. Uh, This is a very risky start here. Team six, David Johnson, Todd Gurley. Wow. Wow. Look, David Johnson I think will be fine, but I don't feel as good about him as I did because that offensive line is bad. So there's risk with David Johnson. Could he work out? Definitely. He can work out. But there is downside if that offensive line continues to be bad. Now they have said... They are going to throw him a lot of screen passes, so that would help in PPR formats. But you want to feel good about your first round pick. I don't think you could have 100% confidence or even 90% with a guy like David Johnson. And then Todd Gurley, anyone who's listened, I've made my thoughts clear, had a debate on this. It's on Sports Illustrated and part of the fantasy section. I'm not taking Todd Gurley around, too. I'm just not. I know people are saying, well, there's been positives and he's had no setbacks. We don't know. They don't know. The Rams have already said he's got an arthritic knee, and they're going to have a management plan. But what does that mean? He hasn't played in the preseason. Okay, great. He's been in practice. Fine. How much contact has he taken? And it's not the same as a game. So Gurley might go out there week one, get 20 touches, be fine. 22 touches week two, be fine. Then all of a sudden, oh, no. The knee. There's some pain. And then what? He has six touches. And remember, they play a lot of games at four 15, 4, 20 p.m. Eastern. You know, there could be some weeks where he's a game-time decision. Do you really want to deal with that as your second-round pick? So, if I'm wrong, hey, I'm wrong. But obviously, everyone else has some type of feelings on Gurley because if he was healthy, he's a top-three pick. And now, everyone's passing him in the first round. But in the second round, it's fine. I understand there's value and everything. But if you don't feel good about him in the first... Why does it change significantly in the second? Oh, because he's your second RB? And again, I think it's difficult in this format to start with two running backs and like your team a lot. I, can it be done? Yes. You need those two running backs to pop, too. But like, let's look at the teams that took two running backs and see how their receivers look. So team three, Ezekiel Elliott, Damian Williams. Receivers, Julian Edelman, Alan Robinson, Corey Davis, Dante Moncrief, John Brown. I don't feel great about that. I like Edelman, but he is older, and he doesn't have a huge ceiling. We know he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, he was very valuable last year when he played, but he has had injuries. Allen Robinson, I do like. Corey Davis, I mean, I love the talent, but, man, that offense is brutal. I know it's the preseason, but it wasn't great last year either. So, Corey Davis says you're three. I know he had a huge target share last year, but he disappointed, and I, I was – high on Corey Davis last year and was just very inconsistent. Another team that started two running backs is the David Johnson, Todd Gurley. I just think that's really risky. Receivers are not terrible. Brandon Cooks, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Geronimo Allison. Actually, that's pretty good. And got a tight end in Hunter Henry. It really didn't work out too bad. So it's just that Johnson and Gurley, the, the range of outcomes for those two, I mean, it's so vast. They both could be busted. And then you're sitting there in trouble because you don't have that elite receiver to carry you. And then another team that started two running backs, Lev Bell, Dalvin Cook, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Cortland Sutton, Dante Pettis. That's a mess. That is an absolute mess. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, we know, is going to see a dip in numbers. And, again, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as something. We can look at what T.Y. Hilton did two years ago with Jacoby Brissett, and it wasn't great. But Jacoby Brissett came to that team September 2nd, I mean, imagine you, a week before the season, all right, you're starting quarterback, go out there, learn the plays, learn the system, work with new teammates. It wasn't easy. And Hilton had you know, one of his worst years. He had 109 targets that year, which was the lowest outside of his rookie year, 57 receptions, 966, and four touchdowns. So it wasn't good, but... Brissett's now been there for a couple years. It's a way better offensive line. It's a better system and a better coach with Frank right there. Still, I mean, Hilton last year had 76, 12, 76 touchdowns. He's never been a big touchdown guy. He's never scored more than seven touchdowns in a season. Not a big red zone threat. And re- is reliant on the big play. So he's going to have to improve that catch rate that he had with Brissett two years ago, 52.3%. And I do think it can be better, but... I don't want him as my wide receiver one. And then A.J. Green, who somehow still keeps going in round five or six. And I don't understand it. I know receivers get pushed up here. But the there was a report. Again, this was a beat reporter. Nothing factual behind it. Speculating A.J. Green might not return until the earliest at week three. But he hasn't done any football activity from what I've read. I think he was on a scooter last week. So... He's probably at least a month away. I mean, he could miss four or five games, if not longer. And now he's your wide receiver, too, in this format. But behind T.Y. Hill, the Cortland Sutton, not a great offense. Dante Pettis, is he starting? So a lot of questions here. Now, you could say, well, they went heavy at running back, and they're flexing to two running backs. Bell, Cook, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle. So, yeah, you don't need the strongest receivers if all four pan out. We but, know it's not going to happen. We see busts of running back every year, whether it's injury, underperformance, so... You see the risk that you take when you start with two running backs, uh, the receivers. See, we talked about Team 5. I think the roster construction for going heavy wide receiver early is better because look at this team. DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore. I mean, all have tremendous upside. D-Hop, obviously, every single year produces. Keenan Allen, when he's healthy, high floor in a PPR format. Tyler Lockett is just in a position, he has to get more targets. I know people are going to say, oh, it's regression. Look at Tyler Lockett. Uh, He's not going to have that same efficiency. Him and Russell Wilson were just money last year. But Lockett only had 70 targets. That's going to go up. I mean, yeah, he's not going to continue the pace of 10 touchdowns on 57 receptions. We all know that. He had an 81.4% catch rate, 13.8 yards per target. Yeah, those are going to come down, but it's going to be offset by the increase in volume. When you look at the weapons that they have there. And they may be a team that might have to pass more this year. And you get them as your third receiver. And then D.J. Moore. So, yeah. You're going to say, well, what about the running backs? They're weak. All right. You take shots. And that's what he did. Duke Johnson. Latavius Murray. Matt Breda. Jalen Samuels. Damian Harris. You only need two of those guys to work out. And I'd say early in the year, it's going to be Duke and Murray. Oh, I like Breda a lot, too. And then Gallup as your fifth receiver. So, love this roster construction. I'd rather do this. Then the other way, I feel when you go with the two running backs and then try to hit receivers, it doesn't look as good because I feel like the upper tier receivers is a more steep drop off. And yeah, we're going to find guys on the waiver wire and there'll be surprises. But when you look at the roster construction for the FFWC with two running backs, three receivers and two flex, like think you're better off going receiver early and then taking those shots on those lottery ticket running backs. And a couple of teams did that in that draft. And I really like that. And that's what I've done, too, especially when I have a top three pick and I get one of those elite running backs, go wide receiver heavy, and then take my shots at running backs. When we return, I'll be joined by Blake Sullivan from the Hot Take Pod. We'll talk football with him as we continue with his full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronas here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. One week from today, the season kicks off. And make sure you are prepared by heading on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Not too late to get our draft kit. And we'll take you through the season. Use the promo code Ronas 50 Get your first two months for the price of one. Have the updated rankings. And, of course, you can ask all your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. Joining me now, it is Blake Sullivan from the Hot Take Pod, part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Blake, what's going on? Not a whole lot,
4: man. Just getting ready for the FFWC out there in Vegas in two weeks. Uh, glad to be on the show representing the Hot Take Podcast. And, you know, that Full-Time Fantasy, uh, we got a great podcast network and it's really growing. So I'm glad to be a part of that.
2: Well, let people know where they can find the podcast. Can they listen live uh, and let people know what it's about?
4: Yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of that good stuff. Uh, It's the Hot Take Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, You can also find it over on the FSGN.com and, of course, on the full-time Fantasy Podcast Network. Uh, We got stuff going on all the time. We do uh, mock drafts with some of our listeners every once in a while, every couple weeks. Uh, We have a show out every week. And hopefully we'll be getting out two shows every week during the season so we can go over some DFS stuff guys.
2: All right, sounds pretty good. And I know you'll be out in Vegas next week at the Palms for the Fantasy Football World Championship. So definitely meet out there, say what's up, hang out, watch some football, draft, and have a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. Uh, But let's talk some football right now. And Ezekiel Elliott is a really tough decision for people to make if they're drafting. I think a lot of people felt, all right, yeah, he'll be back for the start of the season. But we're getting close, and he's still not there. Where do you feel most comfortable taking him? What's the earliest you take him uh, in a draft right now?
4: I think for me right now, the earliest I would take him is the third or fourth overall pick. Uh, He personally was my RB1 going into the season, but then obviously over the last couple of weeks, that's had to slide down a little bit. I have to give way to Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Uh, And then after that, I'm comfortable taking Zeke with that third spot, but uh, I'm kind of hesitant to do it, and I know a lot of people are probably a lot lower on him than I am. Uh, the fact that he did get a good offer, maybe not the best offer that he wanted, but he did get a good offer, uh, shows some sign for me that there might be light at the end of the tunnel. And then I've also heard that he's looking great uh, from this off season. So, you know, hopefully he'll he'll get something worked out and he'll be back with him before no time.
2: Well, if you do take Zeke in that three four spot. Where do you say, okay, I have to get Tony Pollard? Because we've seen him rise up draft boards. Last night in an online championship, he went first pick around nine as RB33. And the team who took Zeke at three passed on him in round eight for Baker Mayfield. So he didn't make it back. Uh, Pollard is going to be the starter. That's what Dallas has said. His ADP is 92 right now in the FFWC. But we know he's been going a little bit earlier than that. And I have to think each day that passes, he moves up a little bit. So for you, if you take Zeke there at 3 or 4, is it integral to take Pollard in round 7 or 8?
4: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, I'd want to take him in the 7th or maybe even in the 6th, but I think there's enough guys left that you would you would want to take over Pollard in the 6th. Uh, but the thing is, if, if you're getting Zeke, you got to have an insurance plan. And I'm not one on handcuffing running backs, but in this scenario, I feel like it's kind of a necessity that you're going to want to have one of those guys uh, that way, if Zeke fails, you, you know you don't totally lose out. But then again, if Zeke is there and Pollard doesn't get to play much, then you're not really losing as much with a guy that you're getting later on in like the seventh round.
2: Outside of those top four running backs, excluding Barkley, Kamara, Zeke, McCaffrey, who do you have next and who do you feel most comfortable? Some people say David Johnson. Others feel like there's a lot of downside. Some like Le'Veon Bell, but worry about him going to the Jets. So who's that running back that you feel best about after those top four?
4: Yeah, for me, it's easily David Johnson. And he's a guy that uh, I could definitely see sliding into like a top three back this season. He's got that type of upside, especially with Kyler Murray there. Uh, obviously, they're saying, you know, air raid offense, you know, they want to pass the ball a lot. That's great. You know, if they pass the ball a lot, uh, I think that's going to take some of the pressure off David Johnson, which you saw last year, there was just too much pressure on David Johnson to perform. Uh, and he didn't have a great year, but it wasn't awful by any means. And, you know, I think he's in line for a great season again this year. But uh, some of those other guys behind him, like Nick Chubb or James Conner, uh, I just have too many concerns with them where I'd rather take David Johnson who I feel like has a safer floor.
2: So I'll get a Blake Sullivan from the Hot Take Podcast, part of the Fantasy Sport full-time Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. What's your outlook for Damian Williams? He's a guy that we've seen his draft stock fluctuate. He was going second round, then there were reports he's not the back, and he had a hamstring issue. He falls to round three. Now it seems like he's moved up again. He had that big reception in the preseason, and we know how people react to plays in the preseason. Where do you feel comfortable with Damian Williams? Do you feel good taking him uh, at the end of round two, or do you feel there's just too many concerns, even though he isn't a prolific offense?
4: Man, that's really tough. I mean, for me personally, I would have to have him in a third or later just because there's other guys down there that I still like more, like Chris Carson or Devontae Freeman. Uh, but Damian Williams is very talented, and obviously being on the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be huge for him. He's got a lot of upside, especially with having Patrick Mahomes there. Um, he was a great great receiving back last year. He looked really good in that type of role. Um but, you know, it's just kind of tough because I, I can't pay that much for him to take him in the mid to early second like he's going in a lot of these drafts. I just have to get him later.
2: Now, you mentioned Nick Chubb having some concerns. Is it the pending return of Kareem Hunt after suspension? Because it seems like there's a debate on both sides. Some people feel Chubb is a first-round pick. Others say, yeah, he'll be great for the first nine, ten games, but then – Hunt comes back, and they signed him coming off what he did, that he's going to play a role. So is that what dampers your enthusiasm for Nick Chubb?
4: Uh, I think it definitely plays a part of it. Uh, that was something that we talked about quite a bit on the hot take earlier on in the uh, preseason and the off season. here is, you know, Kareem Hunt is there, and he's there for a reason. Now, that being said, I don't think he's going to come back and just immediately take over. Uh, that offense. I don't think that they're going to do that. If Nick Chubb is successful throughout the first half of the season, uh, I think he's going to be their guy that they go with down the stretch. But you will see Kareem Hunt come in and maybe get, you know, 20 to 30 uh, percent, maybe some of those receiving downs on, on third down. But uh, Nick Chubb still is good to value, but that's one thing that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely leery of. I'm watching that. Uh, and then again, you know, we're talking about having such a good offense with. Odell and Jarvis Landry and David Njoku, there's going to be a lot of ball to go around. And and we just talked about this last night, actually. You know, I I feel like if you're in the red zone, the ball's got to be going to Odell and not to Nick Chubb. So while I think he's going to have a great year, I'm a little bit worried about some of that touchdown uh, upside that he has because I think that Odell is going to take some of that away.
2: We're seeing Tyler Lockett really move up draft boards. Last night he went with the fifth pick of round three as the wide receiver, 16. Now, we know last year he didn't get the volume, only 71 targets. Obviously, had a very good year. But when you look at that Seattle offense, not much depth at the wide receiver position. Is that the right spot to take Lockett, or is he overvalued?
4: Um, I think that's a little early for me personally. But, you know, he's a very successful wide receiver. We've seen it in the past. And the nice thing for him is, you know, he's a deep threat, and he's got – arguably the best deep ball quarterback in the league, uh, as far as accuracy goes anyway. You know, Jameis Winston's really good at the deep ball, and Aaron Rodgers is obviously really good as well. But Russell Wilson has probably the most accurate deep ball passes in the league. Uh, So he offers a ton of value there. His average depth of target is the best in the league last year. Um, Really liking Tyler Lockett this year, but I, I think that's still just a little bit rich for me.
2: How about Aaron Jones? Is this the year for him? Everyone... In fantasy, clamors for him to get more touches. He went yesterday as the RB19, Uh, so fourth pick of round four. Uh, So what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones and his outlook for this upcoming season?
4: Yeah, I think if I can get him in round four, I'm going to like that. Uh, I've seen a lot of drafts where he's going a little bit earlier, like in the late third. Uh, And in the third round, I think there's guys that I'd rather be getting, like David Montgomery or Devontae Freeman. But Aaron Jones offers you a really safe floor because you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to use his running backs. He likes to use them, but at the end of the day, he never produces uh, a top running back in the league. And granted, he hasn't always had anybody like that. You know, Eddie Lacy is probably the closest thing. But, you know, Aaron Jones is going to provide you that floor. So if I'm getting him as my second running back, I'm fine with that.
2: Talking to Blake Sullivan from the Hot Take Podcast, part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Jordan Reed was someone who was moving up draft boards a little bit, but then had a concussion. And he's really started to move down once again. I mean, there's people who are just completely out on Jordan Reed because they've dealt with it before. They've seen the injury history. Reportedly, his seventh concussion. Uh, Reed went as the 24th tight end last night in the draft as a backup. What do you do with Jordan Reed? Do you say, all right, he's fallen to the point, where I'll take him as a backup, I'll put in, in a deeper format. Or do you say, I've been through this before and uh, i just rather take someone else with more upside?
4: I would say it depends on your league settings. So if you have a lot of roster spots and you can kind of afford to have somebody like that or you're going to have to monitor them week to week, they might be injured. Uh, you know, if you have room for him, I think he's definitely a guy you want on there because he's got such great upside uh, granted, you know, we don't know what that Washington offense is going to look like this year could be one of the worst in the league, or they might surprise us and come out and be pretty decent. Uh, but I think there's so many other guys that, you know, I might be looking at a Jason Witten per se as my backup, uh, tight end, if I'm in a situation like that. And I know that he's going to be on the field due to his run blocking capabilities. So, you know, he's going to be out there a lot. They might try to work him into the offense Whereas Jordan Reed, I'm going to be a little bit more concerned about his injuries more than anything.
2: We don't know when A.J. Green's going to return. There was a beat writer that I speculated earliest as week three, but that's with no information from the team. Uh, A.J. Green continues to go fifth, sixth round. He was the 32nd receiver off the board last night. Is that a value or just foolish because he can miss an extended period of time?
4: Yeah, again, I think that's almost in a similar situation as Jordan Reed. I think it is tremendous value. If you're getting him in the sixth or even later, uh, you're probably going to get him in the fifth or sixth round. I think he still offers you a ton of upside when he comes back because we haven't seen that Bengals offense totally healthy. Uh, if you put all those pieces together with Tyler Boyd and Tyler Eifert and you add in A.J. Green, I think that uh, that offense can be pretty potent, and that's going to take some of the pressure off A.J. Green that he's had the last couple of years as You know, he's been about the only guy that's stayed healthy. Um, But at the end of the day, like I said, it comes back to your, uh, your roster size and your settings. If you've got room that you can wait for four weeks, then, you know, go ahead and take him. I would love to have him that late. But if it's a spot where it's going to mean that you have zero backups, then I probably wouldn't waste that pick because if somebody gets hurt or you have a bye week, uh, where he stays out longer and you're going to run into a bye week issue, you're going to have to drop him anyway to pick up somebody off waivers.
2: Well, you do a hot take podcast, so I imagine there's a lot of hot takes flying around, and you've probably offered many already. So give us one of your favorite hot takes for the upcoming season.
4: Oh, man, yeah, there there's so many hot takes. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and give you one. I'm going to say that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to surprise everybody You know, last year he was in and out of the lineup, never really got to settle down. But he's got a lot of burners on that team as far as his wide receivers this year. So I think he is going to absolutely light it up. And he's been a guy I've been targeting later in drafts. You know, I like to take QBs late. So if I'm stacking up my teams, I'm going to be taking Ryan Fitzpatrick late. And I bet you by about week five, people are going to be real surprised.
2: Well, it definitely is a hot take. If it works out, I will hit you up and give you credit. Uh, But Blake Sullivan, you can find him at the Hot Take Pod, part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Blake, thanks for the time, and I'll see you in Vegas next week.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'll see you there, man.
2: All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here on a Thursday afternoon. Just a programming note for you guys. There will be no show tomorrow, and there will be no show on Monday due to Labor Day. So we will be back on Tuesday. But you can always catch us at FullTimeFantasy.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on the message boards in the forums. I know a lot of people have big drafts this weekend, and we'll be there to help you out. And, of course get access to the entire draft kit and my rankings. I update them daily and frequently, so they'll be up to date. Just make sure right before your draft, print it out before you head out because could make changes today, tomorrow, Saturday. So use the promo code ronus 50 You get your first two months for the price of one, and you can check out all the content. We also are contributing to Sports Illustrated as well. SI.com slash fantasy. You'll see videos, written content. My StockWatch article is up there today. So you can check that out as well. And don't forget, playffwc.com. You know, don't sit there and in week one say, man, I should have hopped in one of those drafts. Time is running out. So head on over there. You can take me on Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's the online championship. Beat Adam Ronis League. So... A lot of people always challenge me. They want to play against me. Here's your opportunity. I can't join everyone's league. Obviously, I'm already capped out here, so I have a couple more drafts. But one of them is Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, I won this the one league I did last year. And uh, the grand prize, if you finish first overall, is 50 k. And you can win league prizes anywhere from 1800 to $2,500. So it's a fun format. I love it. Two running backs, three receivers, two flex spots, tight end quarterback, kicker, defense, nine bench spots. So I really love it. Uh, and there's drafts tonight as well. We got a starter full season league, 7 p.m. Eastern, four spots left there. Starter best ball draft at 8 p.m. Eastern. Starter full season draft at 9 p.m. Eastern, an online championship at 10 p.m. Eastern, and a starter best draft at 11 p.m. Eastern. And there'll be drafts every day until Saturday, September 7th. Uh, and I'll be in Vegas next week for those drafts as well. So make sure you head on over there, playffwc.com, and sign up today. Well, that wraps it up. Remember, I'll be back on Tuesday, day after Labor Day, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great weekend and crush those drafts.